A stu stu Studio D production. Make him get a job! <laughs> In that voice every time. Make get a job! Make him get a the job! job! Anyway. Anyway, we haven't so started stories. the podcast yet, have we? So where, who are you? Where are we right now? What's going on? Who are you? Sorry we um, kept talking through who, the who, end of that who, and the start who, of the No, next. that's okay. I like our talks. Yeah. I like it. It gets us going. And somewhere really in there is probably points. a cold open. You guys have really good points. I really want to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what? ready? Sit down. I want to tell you a story. A really weird and messed up story With murdering ghosts and gobbly ghouls It's all really fucked up, so don't you be fooled <laughs> It's effed up family story time Are you wanting to introduce? Cause I could... Hello everyone, welcome to Effed Up Family Story Time. I'm Salem, and here today we have Jess. Kelly and Belle. <laughs> Why did you breathe like that into the mic? Hello. I didn't mean to. I was just, hold- it was me. I was holding no. my breath because I was about to talk and then she pointed and things got weird and then I had to she breathe hesitated. out. She hesitated. I didn't know if she was going to say Welcome to the Anxiety and Awkwardness just- show. <laughs> Yay. I was- I'm Kelly, the most no, anxious and awkward. every show? Anxiety no. and awkwardness. We I, are here to awkwardly tell you a story <laughs> while ridden with anxiety <laughs> and constantly wondering what you think of us. And if you don't like us, hoping you don't tell us because we really can't handle that, even though we ask for your feedback. Did you like that? Did you like that one? Did you think it was, was funny? It good? Was it, Did you like my not joke? where my anxiety is rooted. My anxiety no, is very either. different. I don't care oh. what you all think. That's kinda, yeah. <laughs> no, I care, but... That's no. not what keeps me up at night. Yeah. What keeps me up at night is, oh, fuck, Anna's tuition is due tomorrow. <laughs> For me, it's like, I said this one word the other day in a conversation, yes. and I feel like that one word wasn't the right word to say at that point in time in that conversation. Okay. When I was in junior high, and I, do you remember that yes. time when I was okay. in junior high, and I went to Elitch's, and I said that stupid thing in front of that boy that I liked, so... and then I turned in the, the, the prettiest girl in school, Sobby. I, I was just going to share a similar thing. Like, I still will be like, oh, that time when I was in high school and we were working the thing and I saw and I was giving out lemonade and I saw a weird little piece of dirt on the edge of the cup and I didn't think anything of it and I just pulled it out and then ha- tried to give the drink to the guy who bought it and he like screamed at me like I will still to this day be like oh my god why did I even do that I know I shouldn't have put my fingers in his drink I should have just Wait, dumped it out you were serving lemonade at Taste of Colorado I'm assuming Taste yeah. of Colorado and you just stuck your finger in a guy's <laughs> no okay so I poured I'm not gonna help you. We were here because that's no, no, no. well I didn't I didn't have anxiety back then which is weird or at least it didn't manifest except when I was by myself but like no there was it was so busy you worked taste of color it's so busy and we had pre-poured lemonades and so we were just grabbing them well as I grabbed one I noticed it had a thing like a piece of dirt in it or something like on the side of the inside of the cup above the lemon and I so I just wiped the dirt out because I think in my brain if it were my drink, I'd just wipe the dirt up. But like, I, but it was so busy and everything was so fast. It so fast. And people were so mean, even when you weren't yeah. doing things, that I didn't even think about it. And like, as soon as he said something, I was like, oh crap, yeah. But he just went on and on as I was like getting his f- new fresh lemonade and everything. And so I... He took it too far. So I still like, but yeah, but to Salem's point, all I was trying to illustrate was, I do that shit too. How long ago yeah. was, was that? Like... Story. 
Like, and yeah. so it's time for... That's great. It's time for things that don't suck, guys, right? <laughs> that was the story. <laughs> that up time when Jessica did that up thing. That was an up thing. I, yeah. Hey, I was like oh, 14. I know. I'm not saying that, you, that you're bad, Jessica. Well, I know. Well, and then this guy's out here playing the victim because, uh, you know, this 14-year-old uh, who's never been trained in food you service put, your finger in my put her drink. finger in his drink. So, what in her mind was being nice. Like, I know. Oh, I'm gonna get rid of or that like, dirt. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Heaven forbid I accidentally put one extra pump of syrup in your latte that you wanted, and that lady is gonna Wait, go to work. Like, do they watch you do it, or can they taste? They can it? taste it. That's BS. I ordered a two pump latte, and there's three pumps in this. I wonder how many people that guy told that story to about the stupid God, they just have high schoolers working this. They don't know anything with what they're doing. She stuck a finger in my drink. And got and she didn't get mad or anything at all when I wanted a new one. She just gave me a new one, but that's not the point. She put her she made sticking her fingers in everyone. She made a mistake, so I should ridicule her for it for the rest of her life. And I should tell everybody how inconvenienced I was by this. Poor young person's mistake. Well, anyway, I think that we should have a story. And gonna- on that happy note, let's talk about other happy things. Babies. Jess and is obviously telling the story today, right? Or do you just it? want to talk about babies? And the nurses who kill them. Oh, jeez. Snap. Take you're it welcome. away, oh, man. Jess. This is exciting. I had no idea what your your story was going to be about. <laughs> and now I'm like, ooh, I'm intrigued. Well, did you like that? I built you up. And then I dropped you. <laughs> dropped it. And that was got, a baby drop right there. You got that little. <laughs> oh, crap. Uh, <laughs> but you got, got that a mic little. Drop. <laughs> but a baby yeah. drop. But you got that little thrill. Yeah. When I dropped you, right? We dropped that baby. <laughs> yep. Anyway. Well, we're going to talk about one baby killer. But we are going to talk about a couple of killer nurses. Now, there are way too many killer nurses out there in the world over the centuries which yeah. makes me afraid to go to the doctor ever again. <laughs> but we are going to talk about a couple of, I guess, I was going to call them ladies, but then I decided that was too nice for them. A couple of female beings in the 1800s. And we're going to start first with the woman who was dubbed as the Ogress of Reading. Now that's Reading somewhere in Britain. So this is a British story, just FYI. It is where I think it is not Reading, Pennsylvania. That's what I'm trying to get at. So she's the ogress of Reading. Ogress of Reading. Ogress. All right. So we're going to talk about Amelia Elizabeth Dyer. Now, Amelia was born in 1837. She was the youngest of five children. Um, Interesting detail she had two sisters named. Sarah Ann. The first Sarah Ann died when she was six, and the second Sarah Ann died when she was only, I think, like six months old. Um, so, oh, so she had a sister who died named Sarah Ann, and her parents just named the next one uh-huh. also Sarah they really Ann, like who then the name. also died. I they know, really right? Like the name Kelly. They both died. That's I a know. cursed name. I, I hope, hope they, they didn't name their that. dog that. You know, <laughs> I know it's crazy, right? That's why I had to bring that up. So Amelia's childhood was a little stressful, I guess you could say. Her mother suffered from typhus, which caused 
mental illness in her as part of the symptoms in her mother. So Amelia actually witnessed her mom go insane, basically. And being the only girl back in 1800s, she was also forced to care for her mother during her sickness. So she became her caregiver um, until her mother died in 1848. So just want to point this out. She was born in 1836. She was only 12 when her mom died, but she was already her mom's caregiver at that point. So different times, right? I was just looking up typhus. I was curious what it is. Oh, yeah. There's different kinds. You can get it. Each of the kinds comes from a different pest, and you can get it from body lice is one kind. Chiggers, but not here in America. And um, fleas. Okay. But none of it really is here in America. There are cert- I forget which one. One has been kind of eradicated in a weird way. You don't see it anymore. But there are different parts of the world's one where – of the world's of, – well, I mean, there could be many worlds. Different parts of the world. <laughs> Sorry. We don't know what sort of typhus <laughs> is on other worlds. Welcome right? to Jess's stream of consciousness. <laughs> but there are places uh, where – certain areas where a certain type can still – be found so i know and when it i causes craziness huh one of the si- sim- symptoms can be insanity yeah okay. no i looked it all up because when i saw chiggers i was like wait a second we go to kansas and arkansas all the time and get bit by chiggers yeah. so i gotta figure this out yeah we gotta know you probably like know though if there's like typhus like rampant in kansas and arkansas they would probably be, have put up signs or something I mean, yeah maybe they're all immune because like- they lived there so long after the media had their field day with COVID and they're looking for anything. If there was a typhus outbreak in the States, it would be all over every news outlet. Well, like you said, maybe they're used to it. That's what they told me when we were in Mexico and I got bit by that bug. The lady was yeah. like, maybe you're just not used to the bugs out here. You know, I'm like, I'm not a wuss. I'm not a wuss. Anyway. Uh, you didn't have the blood in like a vaccine. Like if you get the bug bite and they get the venom in your blood. Over time, uh, yeah, less effective. I don't know. I just don't have the pain tolerance because I don't live in Mexico. What they must be getting bit by bugs all the time. I mean, like they probably are actually getting bit by bugs all the time. I mean, it's more tropical and rainforesty. Yeah. There are a lot more giant bugs. It's it's logical. It makes sense to me. Yeah. Well, and it's the whole evolution survival of the fittest. It makes sense that people who are born from generations who've lived there already. You know what I mean? I said mm-hmm. that really weird. That they would have built up a weird immunity to it. Yeah, it's the yeah. bug vaccine. Mm-hmm. The bug vaccine, exactly. Yep. <laughs> All right. Bugoculation. <laughs> no. Not even. <laughs> Actually, maybe. I'm coming around on it. <laughs> okay, so Amelia is it's- 12 years old and her mother is dead. Told you it was going to be a happy story, guys. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Um, so after her mother died, Amelia um, act- lived with her aunt for several years um, in Bristol. Then she went on to serve on an apprenticeship as a corset maker. So interesting life. So she's 12. She goes off to live with her aunt. Then she's a corset maker's apprentice. Her father was a shoemaker, not just in name, not in name, but in occupation. And he died in 1859. Uh, her oldest brother took over the shoe business, 
And so Amelia was kind of on her own. And in 1861, um, she became estranged from one of her brothers permanently and moved into her own lodgings in Bristol. This is a fun thing, too. So she met a man there named George Thomas, and they he was 59, so she was 24, and they wanted to get married. And so to kind of curb the gossip or what people might think, they faked their ages. So he took 11 years off his age when he on the marriage certificate, and she added... That makes him 48. And yeah. she added uh, six to hers. That makes her 30. Um, so over the years, it's actually caused issues in people reporting on this because they've used their adjusted names as, or ages as opposed to their actual ages. What I am putting Belle to sleep. I have that kind of soothing voice, don't I? It's not even you. I'm Welcome to Smooth tired. Talk with Jess. That's okay. I will be twice as rambunctious to make up for the Belle's lack of energy. Woo! Let's hear more about Amelia. <laughs> All right. Okay, so after they got married, um, Amelia began to train as a nurse. She met a midwife, Elaine or Ellen Dane, and she learned of a better way to make a living than being a nurse. And that was to provide lodgings for young women who had conceived illegitimately. Mm. And then farming off the babies for adoption. Selling babies. Mm -hmm. So, well, so far the babies are alive still. So this is better than where I think we might be going. Selling babies. That's not that bad. Um, I mean, they're young. They don't remember. I feel yucky. um, She probably sold them to nice families. So, so shortly after meeting Ellen Dane, (laughs) Ellen Dane was forced to leave the UK uh, for the US to escape authorities, but Amelia stayed there and uh, continued the baby farming is what they call it. Now, you have to think, it is the Victorian era, it's the 1800s, right? The late 1800s. To have an illegitimate child was very stigmatizing. Yeah. And there was a law that was amended in, in, London, in Britain in 1834, which removed all financial obligation of the fathers of illegitimate children. Mm-hmm. So they did not have to support their children. So these, so women who were having these illegitimate children who were out of wedlock couldn't support them. That's kind of a shitty law to have. Yeah, to actually be in law, like... They God, changed the patriarchy it. is disgusting. I know. Uh, it'll probably be changed back at some point. <laughs> yeah, the way our laws are going, yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, it has changed and the law has evolved. So because of this, um, it led to the practice of baby farming. And what happens is that individuals will act as adoption or fostering agencies and take either a series of payments to have their child taken care of, so like a weekly payment, um, or a flat upfront fee uh, from the mothers. So the mothers had to pay the baby farm to take their baby. That makes it even more messed up. Yep. Either way, they're getting screwed. Yeah, that, that's true. I pay you to take my baby, or I have to pay for my baby entirely on my own. Mm-hmm. Well, and this well, is all just to punish her for having well, a baby out of a wedlock. <laughs> Um, and But also, too, a lot of these women, when they were at a certain stage of pregnancy, would stay there and be looked after and cared mm-hmm. for until they delivered the baby. 
So I take some money. So I mean, if the babies are getting adopted by happy families, then it's not a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, she's profiting on it and probably not going through legal channels, so it's not a great thing, but it's not it's an adoption agency. Until it's not, not and it yeah. crosses a line. But there are yeah. adoption agencies, and yeah, that's there's, a thing. There's also some iffiness with how they charge. So they would charge based on how well off you were, or they would allow they would blackmail you to pay more to keep it a secret. Oh. So some members of wealthy families wouldn't want it to get out, and mm. so they'd charge them a higher fee to keep it a secret. But most of these women were impoverished, so even a small fee. Sorry, the fly was like right it. between my eyes. <laughs> it's distracting. Um, so they can barely afford even a small fee yeah. to have their baby taken. So then what starts to happen is these turn into, rather than adoption and foster agencies, just a money-making scheme. So the carers who are saying they're going to have their babies adopted start starving the babies to save money or to even hasten their death. So they're not actually getting adopting them. They're just letting the babies die. No. Um, they would sedate, sedate noisy or demanding babies with uh, alcohol or opiates. There's something called Godfrey's cordial, which is known co- colloquially. I can never say this word colloquially as mother's friend and it's a syrup containing uh, opium, was often used to keep the kids just basically out of it. And that also killed many children because when they're on opium, they're not crying, they don't want to eat, and they end up starving. And they would be kept in, quote, a state of continued narcotism. Children kept in a state of continued narcotism will be thereby disinclined for food and be but imperfectly nourished. And that came from Dr. Greenhow, um, who was investigating these uh, places. So this wasn't an adoption agency. Just to clarify, we have established that this was not okay. Correct. (laughs) There's no gray area anymore. The other thing that is kind of just ugh about all this is, so most of these babies were die from malnutrition, severe malnutrition, but oftentimes the death was recorded as a debility from birth or lack of breath milk or just starvation. But so it's, they weren't even, so these babies were being given death certificates, but mm-hmm. nobody was questioning really. Why they died or yeah. how they died. Or yeah. why there were so many dying yeah. in this place. How weird. So this is the world that Ellen Dane showed Amelia Dyer, who tech... I don't remember how she got the last name Dyer, because her maiden name was like Hobley, and then she married George Thomas, but whatever. Her name's Amelia Dyer. Okay. (laughs) Um, But this is how... So that's the world that she got from Ellen Dane. Um, And then in 1869, George died, and Amelia needed income. I'm guessing she got it from nefarious places. So she was very excited to start making money from baby farming. In addition to taking in expectant women, she also advertised to nurse and adopt a baby in return for a substantial one-off payment. 
and adequate clothing for the child. So she would put up advertisements. Um, she'd meet with clients, and all of these would assure she would assure them that she was respectable and married, and that she would provide a safe and loving home for the child. She was lying. Uh huh. Oh, here's how she got her new last name. So then in 1872, Amelia married William Dyer, uh, who was in Bristol, and they actually had two kids, Marianne, um, who was called Polly, and William Samuel. At some point, Amelia left her husband, but she kept doing the baby farming. And so at some point, Amelia decided to forego the expense and inconvenience of letting the children die through neglect and instead she would murder them. So did she ever place any actual children in homes? I don't think so. Wow. I mean, frankly, murdering them would be a faster, like Mm -hmm. less terrible Uh. way to die, possibly. Maybe not. Oh, no. Okay, here we go. It's faster. Oh, no. Um, but soon after she would get each child, she'd murder them. And so she'd be able to po- pocket like all of the fee. She also told them she needed adequate clothes. And so they would sell the clothes off at pawnbrokers. So somehow she did not gain the attention of the police for a long time. Well, for a few years. But she was caught in 1879 after a doctor was suspicious about the number of child deaths he had been called to certify. In Dyer's care. So finally somebody became suspicious. Yeah. Okay. But here's the great thing for this one. So instead of being convicted of murder or manslaughter, she was just sentenced to six months hard labor. Now the hard labor, you got to think of back then, it was really, really rough and it actually almost mentally destroyed her, but still a very ridiculously lenient sentence. Yeah. Agreed. Um, So after six months, she was released, and she tried to resume her nursing career. Um, Nursing with quotations around it? Or uh, like she was actually trying to... Because she was a nurse before she decided to be a baby farmer, right? Yeah. I think she was trying to be a nurse. Um, But she had several visits to mental hospitals because of mental instability and also uh, suicidal tendencies. However, what's funny is they always coincided with times when it was convenient for her to disappear. Um, so mm-hmm. the theory is that she w- she actually was a former asylum nurse. Um, the theory was she knew how to behave in a certain way to be relatively comfortable, but also to be considered mentally unstable. So enough to be able to stay there and not like get kicked out or whatever be be released but But then but not be under super oppressive yeah interesting some think that her mental instability was actually uh related to alcohol and opium abuse um and when she first started her killing career so in 1890 so amelia had gone back to her kind of baby farming scheme um she was enlisted to care for an illegitimate baby of a governess and the governess returned for a visit and was immediately suspicious about the baby that was there and checked the baby to see if there was a birthmark present and there wasn't one and so Dyer fakes a mental breakdown and 
at one point drinks two bottles of laudanum to try to commit suicide. (laughs) But she'd used opium for so long that her tolerance was so high she survived. (laughs) Um, So because of feigning that, nothing ever really happened about this thing with the baby who all of a sudden didn't have a birthmark. She just got So we don't know was the baby like switched and why and that's weird yeah she used her distraction technique to mm-hmm. Just, huh. mm. um and then after that she returned to baby farming and murder however because of what happened to land her in work program she realized that involving doctors was a mistake oh yeah um, and so she just began disposing of the bodies. Mm-hmm. So then they're not getting death certificates and no one is necessarily knowing what's happening to these babies. Yep. Okay. Um, she relocated very frequently with her family. So I never really saw in here about her second husband, what he knew about it. But like, how did he not know if they were constantly moving and he stuff? He had to. Well, I mean, if, if, where's the babies, honey? I mean, yeah. like, like, what is she doing if she says that she's delivering babies and not doing anything? Yeah, like, he has to know. He has to know something's going on. Mm-hmm. In 1893, she's discharged from her final committal, so she never goes back into a mental um, asylum at this point. And then decides to go back into the baby farming. Um, so she moves in 1895 to Caversham, Berkshire, And brings with her a woman, Jane Smith, that she'd recruited from a workhouse. And she also brings her daughter and son-in-law, Marianne and Arthur Palmer. So she goes there with this Jane Smith, who they called Granny. Um, And the whole reason Dyer brought uh, Smith with them was so she could be referred to as mother in front of innocent women who were handing over their children. So it was Mm. supposed to present this picture of legitimacy all for an image Mm -hmm. and now we move on to her downfall so the most salacious i guess story of one of her victims um was from 1896 so there was a very popular barmaid in 1896 evelina marmon who gave birth to an illegitimate daughter doris After the baby was born, she quickly sought offers of adoption and actually put an advertisement in the Bristol Times and Mirror newspaper that said, wanted respectable woman to take a young child. Um, She wanted to go back to work and save money and then eventually reclaim her child. So she was just looking for a temporary foster type home. When the paper came out next to her ad in the paper was an advertisement that read, married couple with no family would adopt a healthy child, nice country home, terms, 10 pounds. So Marmon responded, um, and Dyer was going by Mrs. Harding for this. And so they responded, they wrote back and forth, and Amelia told her she'd be happy to have a baby girl that she could bring up, you know, Um, I don't want a child for money's sake, but for the company and home comfort. So she actually wrote that to her in a letter, told her she had no children of her own, and that the child would have a good home and a mother's love. So my mom was interested. She initially proposed to pay a more affordable weekly fee for the care of her daughter, but Amelia would not take it unless she gave the one-time payment of 10 10 pounds. Can't imagine why. 
when they actually met up, Marmon was surprised by how old Dyer was. But Dyer was really affectionate towards Doris, the baby. So Marmon gave her daughter a cardboard box of clothes and 10 pounds to Amelia. You know, Marmon really didn't want to give up her daughter. And because of that, she actually accompanied Dyer partway back to to uh, where Dyer was living at the time um, and then went back to her lodgings. A few days later, she got a letter from Amelia saying all was well. Marmon wrote back but did not get a reply. Oh, yeah, that's right. She was living in Reading at this time. Amelia was. That's why she's the ogress of Reading. Okay. Sorry. Or at least that's where she told people she was going living. She didn't go to Reading, though, after she picked up baby Doris. Um, instead, she went to Wilsden, London, where her 23-year-old daughter Polly, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Marianne, was staying. At the house, Dyer found white edging tape that you use in dressmaking, is what it says, but you use it in sewing. Wound it twice around the baby's neck and tied a knot. So death would not have been immediate. And here's the creepiest thing about this lady. Later, Dyer said, I used to like to watch them with the tape around their neck, but it was soon all over with them. Ooh. That's awful. Yeah. Yep. So with this baby, Polly helped her mom, Amelia, wrap the body um, yeah, in a Yeah, when napkin. you're raised by a crazy... Uh-huh person i shouldn't say crazy person when you're raised by someone like that you pick that up um but they wrapped the body in a napkin which i thought was weird there's no real explanation of it but that's what they wrapped the baby in um they kept some of the clothes that they got from marmon and then sent the rest to a pawnbroker dyer even when she went to pay the rent gave the landlady a pair of child's boots as a present for her little girl the next day Another child, Harry Simmons, was taken to the same location, to Polly's house. However, they had no spare white edging tape, and so Doris, um, not Doris, Dyer removed the tape from Doris's Mm. corpse and strangled Harry with it. And then, and that was Wednesday, April 1st. On April 2nd, they put both bodies in a carpet bag with bricks. Dyer headed towards Reading where she was living and at a secluded 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 spot um she put the carpet bag through railings into the river thames yeah isn't that fun okay how does this this bitch get caught (laughs) great question so that's i'm gonna tell you right now yeah so her downfall was happened um so yeah, so think about this. And this was all April 1896 that she disposed of those two babies, right? So end of March, beginning of April. Well, on March 30th, 1896, unbeknownst to Dyer, somebody actual actually found a package in the Thames at Reading, and it was a package that Dyer had dumped. It was not adequately weighted, so it was easily spotted. It contained the body of a baby girl. Helena Fry. So these you have to think, it's 1890s, right? Small police forces where they're at. Um, but they actually were able to find on the package a label from the Temple Meads station, so kind of a location. But inside 
or I'm sorry, inside the wrapping paper, they were able to use microscopic analysis and they were able to decipher a faintly legible name, Mrs. Thomas, and an address. So that actually led the police to Dyer, but they had no strong evidence to connect her directly with the crime. So they got evidence from witnesses and information they got from the Bristol police raised their concerns even more. So the detectives that were working on the baby that they found just started getting more and more concerning information about Amelia Dyer or Mrs. Thomas. So they put her house under surveillance and they feared that Dyer would run if she knew she was under suspicion. So what they did, they actually used a young woman as a decoy to secure a meeting with Dyer and discuss her services. So not only could this help link Dyer to baby farming, but it also could give him an opportunity to arrest her. Um, So Dyer was expecting this new client to call, but instead she found detectives waiting on her doorstep. And on April 3rd, which happened to be Good Friday that year, they raided her home. They were struck by the stench of human decomposition, yeah. even though no human remains were found. Um, but because of all this evidence and additional evidence they found at her house, like the white edging tape, telegrams regarding adoption arrangements, pawn tickets for children's clothing, receipts for advertisements, and letters from mothers inquiring about the well-being of their children. So everything was building up. So then they actually did a full, what's the word, a full... Um, Investigation? No, when you... Dragging of the Thames in that area. Oh, they dredged the Thank lake. you, yeah. So the police calculated that in the previous few months alone, at least 20 children had been placed in the care of Mrs. Thomas, Amelia Dyer, um, and she appeared to be about to move again, but this rate of murder led to some estimates that Amelia Dyer, over decades, may have killed over 400 babies Whoa. and children. Seemed like she was That's killing insane. at a pretty fast rate. She's got to be one of the highest serial killer t- tallies yep. then. It, 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 it makes her one of the most prolific, prolific murderers ever and prolific wow. serial killers. Wow. Um, All so, for money. Mm-hmm. So she was arrested on April 4th, 1896, and charged with murder. Her son-in-law, Arthur Palmer, Palmer was charged as an accessory. Um, and like I mentioned, they dredged the Thames, and they found six more bodies, including Doris Marmon and Harry Simmons, her last victims. So while they found the other one first, her last victims were Doris and Harry. Um, every baby they found had been strangled with white tape. Mm. And later she told police that that was, quote, how you could tell it was one of mine, end quote. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, there's a whole bunch of dead babies in the river, so we have to be able to distinguish some from the others. I think they're all yours, lady. No one else is going around killing babies. Yep. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe maybe there there were a lot of people killing babies. Who knows? Um, So... Her inquest uh, was in early May that year. There was no evidence found that Marianne or Arthur Palmer had acted as her accomplices. um, And Palmer was actually discharged as a result of a confession written by Amelia. So let's take a peek into Amelia's mind. Sir, will you kindly grant me the favor of presenting this to the magistrates on Saturday the 18th? Instant, I have made this statement out, for I may not have the opportunity 
then I must relieve my mind. I do know and I feel my days are numbered on this earth. There's no punctuation in this, by the way. But I do feel it is an awful thing drawing innocent people into trouble. I do know I should have to answer before my maker in heaven for the awful crimes I've committed. But as God Almighty is my judge in heaven and on earth, neither my daughter Marianne Palmer nor her husband Alfred Ernest Palmer, I do most solemnly declare neither of them had anything at all to do with it. They never knew I contemplated doing such a wicked thing until it was too late. I am speaking the truth and nothing but the truth as I hope to be forgiven. I and I alone must stand before my maker in heaven to answer it all. Witness my hand, Amelia Dyer. She was nuts. She mm-hmm. didn't even know how to use punctuation. <laughs> um, she, But she did it and kept her daughter and son-in-law. Yeah, no, I'm just yeah. Um, oh, what a nice, wonderful mother to Yeah. No, that's good. She kept him out of it. Now, I mean, it's a good thing. It's a good thing they were older, or she would have just murdered them. But well, and also, if they did actually help, is it a good thing that she kept them? That's true. But it could have been parental pressure. I don't know. But anyway, so the only defense Dyer offered during the inquest was insanity, but they didn't go for it because good because both committals were said to have coincided with times when Dyer was concerned her crimes might have been exposed. Jury in four and a half minutes found her guilty. <laughs> so the jury deliberated for four and a half minutes. That's got to be a record. Um, and then, so during the three weeks between her being found guilty and her hanging, um, she filled five books, like like I'm th- like exercise books, like I'm thinking composition notebooks is what they mean, with her last true and only confession. And then on... June 10th, 1896, Dyer was hanged um, on the scaffold. She was asked if she had anything to say, and she said, I have nothing to say. She has had a murder ballad written about her, The Ogress of Reading. And it's the old baby farmer, the wretched Miss Dyer. At the old bailey, her wages is paid. In times long ago, we a made a big fire. And roasted so nicely that wicked old jade. I made up the music, but the mm. words weren't. I liked it. So you can just make music to it. go to that, Salem. Okay. That's good. <laughs> sure. Um, but so they so she has a murder ballad written about her, which That's funny. If you don't know, it's a specific genre of music similar to a ballad, but written about true murders that have happened. Just like the name implies a murder ballad. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> But because of all of this, adoption laws were made stricter, allowing the local authorities to police baby farms and take a closer look at infant trafficking and all of that fun That's stuff. That's good. And they should change the name, too, from baby farms to, I don't know, but baby farms is horrible. Yeah, it is horrible. Um, so if you want to know something slightly disturbing, though... Two years after Amelia Dyer was executed, railway workers were inspecting carriages in some other British place that we don't know where it is, but it's called Newton Abbott, Devon. I know exactly where that is, Jess. (laughs) Um, You do not. I don't. Inside, they found a three-week old girl. She was cold and wet, but she was alive. She was the daughter of a widow... Jane Hill, 
and Jane Hill had given the baby to Mrs. Stewart for 12 pounds. Mrs. Stewart picked up the baby and dumped her on the next train. It is claimed or believed that Mrs. Stewart was Polly, Mm. Amelia Dyer's daughter that Amelia Mm. got off with her confession. So you got to wonder if that's the case. Did she put the baby on the train to be like, get as far the fuck away from here as you can because there's a baby murderer and maybe somebody in the (laughs) other town will take you and love you rather than take her back to her mom's? Maybe. Or maybe she just hoped she would die. Yeah, maybe she was just helping. Do you think that all the baby stuff continued then? Probably not because they would have been watching Polly. You don't think she was trying to save the baby's life? You think she just didn't care about the baby? I don't think she was trying to save the baby's life. Well, this was two years after her mom was dead. So she did this all Oh, in my head I heard the three weeks and I was thinking it was three weeks after. No, the baby was three weeks old. So she did continue. Yes. Okay, never mind then. She was just the new baby farmer. after her mom was executed. Yes. So, and that's where we can take a break. I mean, farming does kind of run in the genes, you know. You're either made for it or not. You got to wonder, do they have a baby farmers only webpage? (laughs) Oh, that's so All right, I think it's break time. Yeah, I think we need to go. Anita's got to take a a special man to love that woman. When when we come back, we'll share the story of another deadly 1800s nurse. Was that wrong? Was it that wrong? No. No. I mean, yes. I mean, it It was. was, But but for what we talk about. Hey, little Shemmies. Thanks for tuning in. While we were on our break, I just wanted to let you guys know how you can get a hold of us if you wanted to send us an email with your spooky stories. I'm still waiting for you to tell me those so I could tell them to you. Our email is ffsthepodcast at gmail.com. We'd also love to hear from you on the various social media sites. We're FFS the podcast on Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook. You can find us at EFFED Up Storytime. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in. We love you, Shemmies. And back to the show. What's it ever gonna? <laughs> um, yeah. How about we have a story? Rest of the story. <laughs> Please. All right. Oh, yeah, let's do I'm it. done now. You guys just ruined everything. That's it. I'm out. You don't get to hear about Jolly Jane. Ooh, that sounds fun. Sure. Jolly Jill. So Jolly Jill, or Jane Toppin, who was actually born... Honora Kelly, I would change my name too. Jolly Jill. I like Honora Kelly. Known as Jane, Anora? a.k.a. Honora Kelly. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> a.k.a. another name. Nurse. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But you'd... Interesting. Honora, you would want that to be your name. Honora. It's, her last name was Kelly, so her name was Honora. Um, I would want my whole name to be Honora Kelly. That's what I thought no, what you I were mean, saying. Yeah, like, like my... Yeah. Like my First name. My name is Kelly, so it's like Anora. Anora is like the descriptor. It's like well, it's not. It's just a two name name, like Marianne. Yeah, Anora Kelly. Billy Joe. I don't like Salem making it sound like Anoya. Oh, actually, that's fun because I'm Anoya. I already am Anoya Kelly, but I'm Anoya. That's what I'm singing. Okay, so. Uh, she was born in 1854. Honora? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, 
She lost her mother when she was very young. Her mother died of that tuberculosis. similar to our last mm-hmm. baby killer. Her father, Peter Kelly, was well known as an eccentric and abusive alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Uh, they nicknamed him Kelly the Crack, like Kelly the Crackpot. That's my new nickname, <laughs> Kelly the Crack. I just think I of thought it was Anoya Kelly, but now it's <laughs> Anoya Kelly, Kelly the Crack. The crack. <laughs> An anecdote about Peter Kelly. It's said that at one point, while working as a tailor, that he had sewn his own eyelids closed. Was he bored? I'm not that like, eccentric. That's a little. Or was it accidental? That's what I want to know. Like he's so in. He's such an alcoholic. He's trying to tailor some pants and like gets his eyes instead. Like I don't know. I think that. I think it takes a few stitches to close. So him nah, closed. Just one. Wasn't he just stabbed himself no, in the eye? That's, that's a psycho right there. That's yeah. a nut job. Um, yeah. Sorry, I'm using all the really inappropriate terminology. Yeah. How do we? How are you? How do you? Yeah. I don't know. It's hard. You got to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So a few years after his wife's death, Peter Kelly took his two youngest children, Delia Josephine, who was eight, and Honora, who was six, and left her at the Boston Female Asylum, which was an orphanage for indigent female children. Which is funny because they were actually Irish immigrants, so I'm not sure about. Hmm. Yeah. He surrendered the two girls and never saw them again. Um, But the asylum's notes do say that they were rescued from a very miserable home. Their words. They they were both adopted or sent to this place. There are no existing documents of the two girls' experiences while they were at the asylum. But reportedly, uh, Delia became a prostitute, and their older sister, who was not sent to the orphanage, was orphan <laughs> orphanage was committed to an insane asylum. So they she all are having committed some to an insane asylum. The oldest sister. So there's not, three. Okay. She wasn't sent to the orphanage with the two youngest girls, but she didn't say why. No, Did it, it didn't give any this reason. Because this is not about Nellie. I know. It's not about Nellie Kelly. I'm just it's curious about Anora <laughs> Kelly. Or Delphi Kelly. Nellie Delia. Kelly. Delia. Oh, Delia. Was, no, her name was De- oh. Delia Josephine. Oh, I thought it was Delphi. <laughs> Delphi Kelly. <laughs> I really yeah. had that in my head. <laughs> like the Oracle of Delphi? Is that what you were like? Yeah, but I thought it was Delphi in my head. It pronounced uh, Delphi. Delphi. Um, okay. <laughs> in 1862... Honora Kelly was placed as an indentured servant in the home of Mrs. Anne C. Toppin of Lowell, Massachusetts. She was never formally adopted by the Toppins, but she did take on the surname of her benefactors. The Toppins did have another daughter, Elizabeth, who was on good terms, as described, with Honora. (laughs) <laughs> I it's just crazy though 1862 and she was given to them as an indentured servant and she was how old uh she was born in 1854 so she was not even 10 jeez she was eight yeah but then we're talking about 1862 like slavery is still a thing yeah, yeah. you know so it's like 
yeah then this child it's just worker very traumatic to, to oh, be that sure. age and to have all of that shit happen to you it's I mean, also traumatic to be a slave in 1860 oh it was it was i'm so, just thinking of the um, the mental stability of somebody going yes, through that yes maybe okay. I understand you know what i mean that's all yeah so some of the ways they describe her in the the books and articles i found are just so funny so let's get to it okay. um in 1885 I'm going to call her Jolly Jane from now on, just so you guys know. In 1885, Jolly Jane uh, began to train as a nurse at Cambridge Hospital. In her early years, she was described as brilliant and terrible. I cannot figure out what that's supposed to mean, but that's how she's been described. But unlike that, when she was at the hospital, she was well-liked, bright, and friendly, and evoked the nickname Jolly Jane. Um, you may have said this, but just to help me, is this in the UK? No. This one's in the States? No, because they were, I don't. Uh, the last one was in the UK. Well, yeah, because they took her to the Boston female. That's right. So. Okay, thank you. I was just trying to place it because I was trying to, because I've talked about the slavery thing and trying to place it in time, but yeah, if she it was, wasn't in the States, then it wouldn't have been. So I, I, yeah. I got it. She thank was you. born in Boston. Yeah. Got it. Thank you. You are welcome. So at the hospital, Toppin would become close with her patients, and she'd pick her favorite ones. Her favorites were normally elderly and very sick, and Toppin would use those patients as guinea pigs in experiments with morphine and atropine. So she would alter their prescribed dosages just to see what it did to their nervous systems. That's pretty fucked up. She would, though, spend considerable time alone with these patients, and she would make up fake charts so that they didn't know what was happening. And she would also medicate them so that they would drift in and out of consciousness. And she would lay in bed with them while they drifted in and out of consciousness. Ooh. Yeah. So interesting, right? Like, so she's so she hasn't killed anybody yet, right? But she's doing all this weird stuff and it's going under the radar. Because she was actually recommended for the prestigious Massachusetts General Hospital in 1889. So she was recommended to work there. She kept doing the same thing um, and then was fired within a year. She returned back to Cambridge Hospital after that, um, but was dismissed for administering opiates recklessly. So Toppin starts to become, or decides to become, a private nurse. Her career as a private nurse flourished, even though there were many complaints of petty theft about her. And then Toppin decides to kick things up a notch. So experimenting with different medicines and stuff, you could consider kind of that poisoner attitude. But she begins poisoning people in earnest um, in 1895. Toppin, or Jolly Jane, because that's what they all thought she was, killed her landlord and his wife. In 1899, she killed her foster sister, Elizabeth, so the one that they got along, with strychnine. And in 1901, she moved in with Alden Davis, an elderly fellow, and his family to take care of him after the death of his wife. So within weeks, she killed Davis, his sister Edna, and two of his daughters, Minnie and Genevieve. Wow. So she, but no one, no one knew, like her foster family didn't know that she'd killed like she was getting away with all this nonsense kind of yeah it's really the davises that kind of brought her down 
So the surviving members of the Davis family ordered a toxicology exam on the youngest daughter, Minnie, and they found that she had been poisoned. So local authorities assigned a police detail to Toppin. And in, on October 29th, 1901, she was arrested for murder. By 1902, she had confessed to 31 murders. Wow. wow. So you only mentioned like five or something. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah. So what was supposedly Toppin's confession to her lawyer uh, was printed in the New York Journal. And that's where she claimed she'd killed more than 31 people and that she wanted the jury to find her sane so she could eventually have a chance at being released. And she insisted upon her own sanity in court, claiming that she could not be insane if she knew what she was doing and knew that it was wrong. However, they still declared her insane and had her committed. Well, that's weird because, like, she's not wrong. Like, she shouldn't be. (laughs) Right. She was found not guilty by reason of insanity and committed for life to the Taunton Insane Hospital. Would that have actually been a worse sentence? Because she was saying she didn't want to be insane so that she had a possibility of release. So you're saying that being declared insane, being committed for life is actually a worse sentence than whatever would have happened if she'd just been committed of murder? Because a lot of places, especially back then, didn't have, like, life sentences. Even still... It's common to see in other countries where for murder, it's like 25 years. That's crazy. That, but that's a lot of murder. And it's here in the States. So wouldn't she have been like Oh, that was executed? in the States. Yeah, that would never mind. Yeah, I would think. Like, why would it, it have been, been back better in the 1800s? For her to have would been she have been? Of murder? I don't know if she would have been executed, maybe in the States. She would have been executed in the 1800s in Britain for sure. Yeah, she would have been hung like that last lady yeah. was. Yeah, never mind. I don't know what I'm talking about. It just seems weird that that would be a lesser sentence. Now, yeah. it doesn't seem unrealistic because, like you said, sometimes sentences, sentences are weird. Mm-hmm. And in our country, we have people serving life sentences for, like, drug charges. Yeah. And murderers get out on parole. So, like, yeah, it could happen. It's just that's crazy. Yeah. So here are some of her known victims. So we already know about Israel and lovely Dunham, who were her landlord and her wife, but also patients. She also took care of them. However, she murdered them four months apart. So that's pretty messed up. So she murdered Israel in May and lovely in September. Um, Her foster sister, but also her foster sister's housekeeper, which is really weird because she killed them like six months apart. Um, another patient, Mary McNear, a patient, William Ingram, uh, Sarah Connors, who was a patient and a friend. And then here's the kicker. So remember how I said she moved in as a, a home nurse with the Davis family after the mother died? Yeah. Well, Maddie Davis was one of Jolly Jane's victims. She actually killed Alden Davis's wife so that she could get the position at <laughs> the house. Holy crap. And then she killed Genevieve and Alden and Minnie. And then for some reason, she killed Edna Bannister, who was Elizabeth, her foster sister's sister-in-law, but not until 1901. So she killed Elizabeth in 1899. So all these people are connected to each other, but they're Mm -hmm. far apart. So it's kind of interesting, like... The timing. Yeah. All right. So... Some interesting things about potential motive for Jolly Jane. 
So there have been reports that she would fondle her victims as they died to attempt to see the inner workings of their souls through their eyes. When Toppin was questioned, um, she did say she derived a sexual thrill from patients being near death, coming back to life, and then dying again. She would administer the drug mixture and actually lay with her victims and hold them close as they died. Sometimes Toppins looked at as an angel of mercy because she took on a caretaker role and all of her victims were elderly, but she's still just crazy. But not all yeah. of them were elderly because there were the kids that she killed in that that family that she lived That's with true. and her foster sister true. would have been yeah. closer in age to well, her. Her foster sister was I guess by then she would have been by the time she died. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um the on this list, and this doesn't account for everybody, of course, because she says she killed over 31 people, and this is like 10. The youngest was 40. So even Minnie, the, one of the two youngest daughters, was only 40. So she killed older people for sure. Not. Oh, so she, okay. The other thing that's interesting, the Davis family, mm-hmm. none of them died on the same day. So Genevieve, which was the daughter of Alden, died on July 30th. Alden died on August 8th. And Minnie died on August 13th. Was that because, like, she was drugging them and keeping them alive and stuff? Or did they just, like, not know that she had killed the other and they just kept living with her in the house? I, have I mean, if she was no poisoning idea. them... Yeah, like, were they already weak, so it was, like, too late? Well, and they just maybe all thought they had some sort of illness or something. You know what I mean? And then she was taking care of them. if everybody in the house gets sick, yeah. Like, why are you not the lovely one who's taking care of them. Yeah. Speculation. (laughs) Yeah. So it's believed that a possible motive for killing Elizabeth, her foster sister, was jealousy. She described her motivation as a paralysis of thought and reason, a strong urge to poison. Yeah, it seems to me like she did it because she wanted to and yeah. enjoyed it. This um, guy, I can kind of understand a little bit. Like, can understand not her that I want to poison, poison people, people, but it's interesting. Like, just using oils and herbs and concoctions and stuff like I have just watching the effect that they may have on the body and stuff. So I could see some weird, and there's something about like a scientific, like I like potions and I like, you know, cocktails. I like mm. that kind of, like there's something that's intriguing about it to me. Also teas and tinctures and all of those things, you know, those little liquids that have properties that affect you in one way or the other. And there's like a scientific element to wanting to see what happens when. Yeah. And so it's that curiosity, you know, but it's obviously, I mean, yeah, (laughs) like totally jaded and tweaked in an unhealthy. Yeah, for sure. Slant. Yeah. Um, So it's reported that Jolly Jane also poisoned a housekeeper just enough so that she would appear drunk so that she could steal her job. And live with the family. Wow, she was really conniving, and though, too. She, like, yeah. she would also poison herself to gain the sympathy of suitors. Wow. I mean, she's insane, right? It's taken it really far, yeah. So, yeah. And the last thing I will say about Jolly Jane, who spent her the rest of her life in an insane asylum, she's quoted as saying that her ambition was, quote, 
to have killed more people, helpless people, than any other man or woman who ever lived. Wow. Her goal was just to kill wow. people. Wow. That's so uh, awful. Uh, helpless people. Helpless people. Yeah. yeah. She Ugh. wouldn't want them fighting back. Well, she's a treat. I know, yeah. right? Yeah. So she died. Sick. Um, she lived till age 84 and died in 1938. In an insane asylum, hopefully. Yes. Where she did not she, want to be. Hopefully exactly where she didn't want to be. She was officially charged for 12 murders. Um, so there are 12 confirmed. She confessed to 31, and it is suspected that she actually killed more than 100 people between 1895 and 1901. Wow. That's crazy. And that's Jolly Jane. Jolly Jill Jane and Nora Kelly. Jolly Jill Jane and Nora Kelly. I thought she said it was Jolly Jill. Jolly Jane. Known as Jane. Jolly Jane. Did I, I thought say, you said Jill. Oh, you're right. There was that weird, like, known as, known as, known as thing. Yeah. Did. did I say she's, it wrong? She's ago. Jane Toppin with the nickname Jolly Jane, but she was born Maybe you Nora Kelly. And I made fun of it. I might have said Jolly Jill because... I might have said Jolly Jill because that's just rolls off the tongue. Maybe she said Jolly J- Jane. <laughs> Jolly Jill Jane. Okay, well, now it's Jolly Jane Toppin and Nora Kelly. Yeah. Jolly yeah. Jane Toppin and Nora Kelly. Yeah. Oh, God, you guys are ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, um, that's fun. But I thought it was fun. So two crazy nurses who killed serial killer nurses with fun nicknames, the Ogress of Reading. And Jolly Jane Toppin. And Nora Kelly. <laughs> I don't know. I like Nellie Kelly better. And Nora That's Nellie a different Kelly. person, though. Yeah, I, know, but older I, I know, but I like her name better. Nellie Kelly. Nellie Kelly. If I ever get any more pets, it's going to be a Nora. A Nora. Oh, oh, I know. Do you want to know what my dog's name is going to be if I ever get a dog? What? Reginald Dwight. Do you know who Reginald Dwight is? No. Elton John. Oh, <laughs> that's pretty well, we good. We can call him Reg. I met a dog yesterday named, named Sir Reginald, what is it? Sir Reginald Verbork, Van Bork. That's what it was. Sir Reginald Van Bork. And he was this giant dog, had this giant he- head. He was a little bulldog. And did he go, she's anyway. work, she's work, she's work, because that's what I imagined. <laughs> no. He no. He, he went, or was <laughs> it like the chef from <laughs> the Muppets? <laughs> was it Reginald, like the name of some weird creature that people wrote in some fantasy movie from the 80s? Maybe. Keep up, Reginald. Jolly Jane Toppin. I almost said Jill again. I I know. Jolly Jill Jill. Jane Toppin and Nora Kelly. Yep, that's it. That's it. You got it. (laughs) All right. Well, those were good stories. Very good stories. Thanks. I'm a little creeped out about nurses now. Melissa can't hang out with me anymore. I know, right? What dark secrets is she hiding? None. I've met her. <laughs> she, she's got to have she's some secrets. She's a good secrets. nurse. Um, yeah, she's got to have some secrets. I was going to say, yeah, I've met her, and a lot of people have met serial killers and didn't even know. <laughs> Did you know there is a show on Peacock, Living with Serial Killers, and it's all about the people, want, no. but it's about the people who lived with them and had no idea what no, they that's were doing. I don't want that. Because you think Matt's a serial killer? About, like, no. I actually have a weird fascination with that a little bit because it is a little bit like... Wait, with Matt being a serial no, killer? No, it's like I want to understand what the people yeah. who are in these situations think about their loved one because I have no doubt in my mind that Matt isn't a serial killer. <laughs> but what if he is? But then like, no, I, I don't think that. But it's like surely they also thought 
right. that they're yeah. significant other women. Or maybe they didn't. Hurt. Maybe they were but like, they, God, my husband is such well, an asshole. Like, and that's what I like to see is the like, oh, well, well there were signs. I just ignored it. Then no, I can be like, yeah. I just thought he Many was an of, abusive husband. Well, I didn't know he was a murderer. Well, that's you know? the thing. Many of them are in abusive relationships with the person, even to the point of like being isolated and secluded. And yeah, but, but a lot of people on there are parents and siblings yeah. of or children. There's one about a yeah. kid who found out that their dad was a serial killer. Yeah, and I don't think I want to. I don't want to watch that show. I thought it'd be fun to tell a story with about two killers that have fun nicknames. I like their names. And, and that's now how they I have jingles it. as well. Or there's oh, a murder yes. ballad for the first one, and Salem's yep. making a jingle for the second one. Yep. Jolly Jill Jane, how does it go? <laughs> Jolly Jill Jane, top in a Nora Kelly. <laughs> Jolly Jill Jane, top in a Nora Kelly. Yeah. Jolly Jill Jane, top in a Nora Kelly. Killing, Killing the babies. Wait, no, that one didn't kill babies. No, she- the serial killer well, of the month. And good job. And did you check? Did you? <laughs> why you're did you catch director. the? Did you catch the contrast ahead of my I story? Earned my money. Baby killer. Old, old people killer. killer. Yeah, I didn't at first because in my head I was thinking it was gonna be another baby killer. I, I did but, too. But yeah. yeah. I didn't want like, you to that's know. It's not babies that she's killing. She's like, not killing babies, so she's the better serial killer. And yeah, they're both nurses. They're both nurses. Nurses. All right. <laughs> is it time for things that don't suck? Yeah. yeah! Woo! 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 <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna get that. So who wants to go first? I think it doesn't suck that it's football season. Oh, I am yeah, excited for football season. That is a good thing. Football season. Yeah. It's and fun. the Chiefs played today, and that's the a Chiefs. good thing, too. The Chiefs play. Yay, go Chiefs. My thing that doesn't suck is that it is Jerome's birthday. Oh, yeah. Yay! And we are going to hang out and have some fun today. We might Yay. have to go back to the liquor store. I am not sure. We'll Yay. see how this party goes. Yeah. Woo, 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 woo. All right, um, you're on, Jess. Well, I guess it doesn't suck because the one mystery subscription box I kept in my times of financial crisis just added this new extra bonus for existing subscribers, so I didn't miss out on that. It's a That's li- cool. Yeah, it's a, at the end of every box. I don't know how long it's going to last. It might last forever. I don't really know. They have a little micro mystery that happens, like some piece of the main mystery that a question is still hanging out there on, and so it's a little micro mystery. That's fun. Hey, do you remember when I won that that puzzle challenge? <laughs> that was cool. Do you realize I've entered every single day but one where I just could not figure it out and I have not won? I know, and I wasn't sure if you were going to be mad that you won or if you would be happy that I would not have entered if you had not helped me and encouraged me and now I'm giving you the prize because of that. So it's really just like you got an extra entry It's like you me. won. Oh, it's like you won. No, I'm not saying that I'm upset or anything. I'm just saying go figure, right? I know. Isn't that and, funny? But technically I tried it to get you funny. guys to enter so I had more so you entries. Had more. I just think it's really funny that I was like, I'm not going to do that, it. And then I was like, fine, I'll do it. And that, then I submitted and I won. That wasn't. That was so horrible for me that I haven't sent any of the others to you guys. I almost sent you guys the one where I was really stuck because I was like, I'm not seeing something. But I was like, oh, they're all just going to complain about how hard it is again and <laughs> how busy they are. And I can't give them hints because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And 
I you hope it wasn't that annoying. Yeah. I thought it was. I thought you were I, having fun with well, encouraging I f- us. I was, but I felt like you guys were irritated about me. I wasn't no. irritated. I thought I it was just fun. Didn't spend as much time. I just on didn't it wasn't smart, did. and so I was like, and I'm I don't not know. Smart about I guess. It. I guess it was probably me just reading into like I'd be like, I can give you hints, and people be like, I don't know what I'm doing. This is too hard. Okay, so you don't want hints. <laughs> like no, I, I guess that's where hints. I no because if Salem did Salem didn't want hints, so she was like, I'm. I'm not going to do it. So that's what we would do. And then I said, I want to do it. I'm tired, but I'm going to do it. So then I did it. And then I won, everyone. I won. I won. I won. I won. There's There's still 19 days left of September. I haven't done today's yet. We'll have to look at them. Maybe it's time to go do that. I think it is. And watch some football. Watch some football. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Okay, so are we saying goodbye? I think we are. Are we ready to sign off? Yep. Yep. Bye. 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 Hasta la vista.